Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Endless Stream Podcast. I am Aiden. I'm here as usual with Kevin and Brian. We are three artists, filmmakers, and all-round shit-talkers who are going to take some of the endless stream of content that has been delivered to us through Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, YouTube, Spotify. Wherever content is delivered, we're going to watch a chunk of it and we're going to talk about it. Given the nature of these conversations, they are very spoiler-heavy, so that's your warning. If you haven't watched The Falcon of the Winter Soldier, please go and give it a look and then come back and join the chat with us. If that doesn't bother you, just plow on with the podcast. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and giving us a follow over on Instagram or Twitter. All of our socials are at The Endless Cast. We do some illustrations to serve as the covers of each episode, so you can see those images and watch the playback videos of them over on Instagram. Introductions made, spoiler warning, given social media is plugged. There's a lot to talk about this week, so let's just jump right in. Finale week for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've got the second last episode of Invincible. Is there anything you guys want to talk about up front? Did you say it was the second last episode of Invincibles? Yeah, there's only one more. Oh, I didn't know that, I didn't know that. I think it's kind of building to what we were expecting, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the in the recording here. We got the trailer for Shang-Chi. It's pronounced Shang-Chi. Thank you very much, Brian. You're, you're welcome. What'd you make of the trailer? I thought it looked decent. I liked the Bill Pope cinematography. Him of The Matrix and Spider-Man 1 and 2. So I liked how it looked. Yeah, kind of got to wait and see what the story's about, but I think it could be good. Looks interesting. Looking forward to it. Mm, how, do I, how do I say this without just sound like an asshole? Just wire work. I just don't like people swinging around the place. You know, there's a couple of shots in there where people you know, are just, you, you, just a little swing. You had, you, you had watched it before me and you said it looks very floaty and I watched it and there's only one floaty shot in it and it's very deliberate and it's a very, very <sighs> deliberate uh, crouching tiger hero homage. That's the only bit of floaty stuff in there, I thought. And it's very, very intentional. The rest of it is pretty straightforward kind of fight choreography. Because there's a lot of shots where they're they're in the air doing big spins and stuff, and like you can spot that stuff a mile away yeah. when it's when it's too floaty. And uh, it looks good. There's a shot where uh, Tony Long, I think, uh, his character is spiraling through the air. He's you know he's obviously on wires because or the stuntman is, um, but it doesn't look yeah. like it. You know, it looks pretty solid. Um, yeah, no, I I think the action looks pretty good. To be fair, I think the only time it looked floaty was when it was that kind of shot that looks like it looks like something it's kind of got the color scheme of hero um with the kind of crouching tiger floaty stuff which yeah what did you think about it in terms of like how we were discussing it the last time the, the idea of the sort of um the um the idea of uh tournament fight film did you did you get that sense in there there's definitely a big ball cage at one point but there's a lot of the rest of the world in there. I think I didn't think I like no. I'm not. This is not a criticism, but it's like I didn't get a huge sense of the storyline. It's like I feel like there's this like uh, reading a synopsis and then right uh, watching the trailer would help. You know what I mean? Not that, not mm. that like kind of the, the trailer the trailer's confusing or anything. That it's not. It's just the fact that like kind of it doesn't allude to a lot of the story. However, I will say I think it's really exciting to a degree. And it's taken it's taken too long almost. Like obviously, like we grew up with uh, comic books and stuff, and like X Men in the nineties and all that kind of stuff. But it's like it's taken a long time for like a new 
generation of heroes to capture people's attention you know we've been we've been using spider-man and the x-men and the avengers for so long and i know like guardians of the galaxy was one of those like new kind of new spin not new spin but like uh kind of like pushing their 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 brand a bit more their franchise a bit more into different directions you know you know what i mean yeah, well, just expanding out into the the sort of Marvel canon, I guess. Yeah, and not always using the same character. Yeah, and, and not always using the same characters. You know, it's nice that they're branding out into some more obscure characters to a degree. Do you think there's any risk of losing people the the more obscure we get with it? Because when you think about Marvel comics as a as a as an entity as a franchise, like there's there are these big core tentpole centerpiece characters, and then you know, people are kind of aware that Shang-Chi exists out in the side somewhere, maybe, you know. Do you think... I mean, like, you know, Iron Man, Cap, and Thor were only yes. on comics fans, and they were not They were never the most yeah. popular comics mm. either, you know. Um, not by not by a long shot. I was know? just going to say, yeah, who are you going to lose? You know, people that don't know him, like, kind of, for example, people that know him, didn't, don't know who Drax is, don't know who Star-Lord is, you know. Uh, those characters are really popular. Uh, comic book fans, I think, for the most part, are just going to be happy they're making more comic book movies and branching out. You know, and um, I, I think it's a good thing. To be fair, I don't see it as a negative at all. You know, the the box office though is built more on like MCU fans than comic fans. Yes, like the comic fans make up a portion of the audience, but the the largest kind of box office receipts aren't coming from people reading the comics avidly. They're coming from people who just love those movies. You know, and that universe. Yeah, and I think. And I think uh, Shang Chi uh, can fit in there. You Definitely. Know? Like I think I think I said it to you guys during the week, where kind of like, you know, in terms of not being too familiar with the character, I wasn't too familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think most people weren't familiar with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but like, kind of like I I really enjoyed the first movie and stuff. Um, but like, kind of like I'd have more of a, of a kind of penchant for kung fu and martial arts movies than I would kind of Guardians of the Galaxy type movies. So if you were to, if you were to show me the two the two movies and be like one's a cosmic adventure, one's like a you know a kung fu movie, I'll go for the I probably would have went for the kung fu movie. Fair enough. Yeah. In that sense, you know? So I should be like it is in terms of not knowing the characters, I, I it's it's kind of it sh- I should be easier on board with the so Shang Chi, which I am jumping off of the the tournament fight film concept, uh Mortal Kombat came out there yesterday. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I watched the um, the opening scene they put up on YouTube. I thought the opening scene looked great. Yeah, I thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, I thought it looked great. I don't think the rest of the film is going to match it, to be honest, but uh, I'll check it out, definitely. All right. Are your hopes a little bit dashed, Brian, from reviews and stuff? Because I heard it's not receiving the, the best reviews. Um, I just... I know you were quite excited. I think, it, I think it's very telling when they release a scene like that, seven minutes um yeah it's kind of like you want to get ahead of you know the bad reviews essentially because you know so people enough people at the studio have watched it and kind of thought this isn't going to do well kind of word them out but if people will just give it a chance and check it out first if people have already started watching it they might be inclined to watch the rest of it is that it yeah and then yeah. that's exactly it like I'm, I'm going to watch it later basically but uh if I hadn't have yeah. watched that scene and I'd, I'd heard kind of negative stuff, I'd be like, I'm not in any hurry to check it out, but I'll probably check it out maybe later today. Um, myself and my brother, yeah. I think we're going to attempt to, to refill my punching bag, which is a 
pain in the hole. Uh, we're going to drink some beer while we do that. And nice. then we're going to maybe watch Mortal Kombat. Yeah. So, oh. Perfect day, yeah. pal. Very good. Yeah, beautiful. Would you Would you yeah. go back and watch the 95, 97 one? What was the year? Was it 95? What, what do you mean go back? In time, Brian. You say that like I don't watch it once a week. Brian, do you watch it once a week? I've got a very soft spot for it. It's it's uh the the soundtrack the soundtrack from it is imprinted in my brain yes i i actually um, have i actually do have memories of and i i think i must ask my brothers would they would they remember it i do have memories of being in dublin visiting my auntie and we used to we, we you know my auntie was always in our house growing up um in the midlands and then we would visit her occasionally up in dublin and we would go to her video place and we'd rent some movies and i believe we may have rented mortal kombat I want to say the first one because that ends with your man rising up and them all getting ready to fight. And I think we rented some of the cartoon that was out at the time. I think it was like it was like the cartoon might be in PG twelves or something. Um, we were very young, like we were very young when we did it. Uh, but I just I do remember like uh, the like you know oh god yeah I loved the movie back in the day and stuff for sure. It, it is funny to think that these things that like you know we when we say about you know iron man and 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 thor and whatever not being the the big figurehead characters in the same way that like yeah there were these characters out there like mortal kombat that had an audience and somebody obviously thought maybe if we make some cartoons of this or if we make a movie of this people will get it and they were shocking there was a traveling musical show as well of mortal kombat yeah um so basically it was like a kind of like a dance musical uh, infused with martial arts and they went traveling and stuff all around America and uh, it was it, it, like, I think it was like it was obviously it was awful but like they did TV spots and everything it's very hard to find stuff about it but um, the characters on the stage or the actors didn't record or they, they all the dialogue was pre-recorded so they could focus on their dancing and their kung fu as they're fighting and they were trying to collect amulets amulets to fight the bad guy and during the show they were like uh, you can help us fight the bad guy by going to concession stands and buying your more combat amulet so uh yeah it was like i i, I watched a video the other day i must send it to you guys actually uh, about lost media and it's talking about the lost media of uh, Mortal Kombat, the different games that never came to fruition the crossovers the different things and the musical show was one of them and there's a Mortal Kombat versus street fighter game coming out apparently the games the mortal Kombat eight games beyond the first one beyond being eight years old and knowing that street fighter and mortal Kombat exist and that they're kind of there's two different flavors to this and like i played both of them but i kind of preferred street fighter mm. as they've evolved and grown further on like i have no interest in a mortal Kombat game i I don't get into the sort of the fetishization of the fucking the violence and the terror in yeah, people's heads i'm the same it's they're they're pretty goofy but then also at the same time like all of the characters that they've introduced they've given like these kind of extensive background stories to so it, it's, it's this weird thing where it's extremely violent but it's kind of cheesy but it's also taking itself a bit seriously as well and i've just it i just zero interest in it you know what though i actually uh in terms of people i know who play computer games and stuff and casual gamers i'd say for the most part there's a there's a good few there's a good handful of casual gamers that i know that like all about Mortal Kombat. They wouldn't. They, they might have like the Switch or something, and they play a bit Mario Kart, but they'll they'll play Mortal Kombat. And I know a good few lads that that still love those games. I, I don't personally myself. Um, I do like when you see like the likes of uh, I don't know, like Spawn, Jason Voorhees, and like different characters being brought into it because it's just it's just 
different and cool to see it. Like, is Rambo in it now? Rambo's in it. Rambo's in it. The Terminator. I take back what I said. Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. I did think Joker was a little bit of a stretch. Joker's in it, isn't he? He's in the Injustice games, and there's a crossover then I think between those games. And he, he was probably in some, but it, they're both made by the same studio, so they were meant to have. Ash there was probably from, some point where he's in it. Uh, Night of the Living, or not? Uh, Evil Dead. Oh my. Evil Dead. Sorry. Yeah, my God. Yeah. Uh, they were meant to have Ash from Evil Dead. At one stage, they were meant to have Ash, and uh, it just it just fell through. But that would have been a, that that I, I kind of I like stuff like that to a degree. Mm. But I, it doesn't it doesn't want me it doesn't propel me to play the games at all. I think back in the day, I found beat 'em ups were probably one of my favorite types of genres of video games, and I found them so satisfying to play. Now I don't. It's they've removed basically all the elements that I've really liked. You know, like I think I I think that the thing that I really loved about them was like the the 2D animated sprites. Yes. It's just really yeah. fun to kind of watch that. The second it became, you know, 3D over the 3D top. 3D and stuff. Yeah. Like I, I, I play them. I enjoy them for a bit, but after about a week, I'm yeah. so done because like I'm, I'm not a hardcore kind of fighting game. Yeah. Person. You, you, you play with a friend if somebody calls over, but beyond that, you know, no interest. But as a kid watching those 2D sprites and doing all that stuff, it, it never got old. Just kind of, mm-hmm. I, well, there was something about the simplicity like uh, this is definitely three old dudes bitching about the way it used to be but like I, I fell off in the 3D stuff like they tried to do the 3D the 3D uh, Street Fighter games where you could ap- actually step into the three dimensions then they're using basically 3D sprites um, I, I don't know if they actually converted to sprites or if they're 3D rendering these things but like the the combos the effects the the, the attacks became so overwhelming for me in terms of like you know there's mm. fucking special effects surrounding them and then fucking jumping up four stories bursting through fucking ceilings and it's like I, I don't mind like that as much fireball, you know <laughs> I like to fire I, I think I, so it's just, I still kind of like that I think there's an element of like but I think there's an element of the game started out kind of like where everybody was like like especially like Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter but the game started out and they're a little bit more simple of course you have finishers and kind of button combinations and stuff but now it's just like when you play the games it feels like it's only the really competitive hardcore players that can pull half of the shit off you know it's a little bit too convoluted what 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 I'm responding or what I think I'm reacting to when that happens is that like when it's just you and the other character and you're punch kicking punch kicking punch kicking it feels claustrophobic and it feels heavy and then essentially when you get something impressive happening it just feels like a quick time event you triggered and you just sit back and watch a movie unfold and it, it i don't feel yeah. involved in that so i either feel claustrophobic I, uh, or uninvolved yeah what are you saying brian it's not your experience yeah no like the from from like the last couple of games i played it's the yeah we were pretty move. good at them i'm terrible I, I wouldn't say so i mean the the move the moves are straightforward enough it's um i was never if you, able if, to do them like if I mean, the last last one I played would have been Street Fighter Five. If you're talking about like those kind of big finishing moves, and if you watch pros play, like they don't rely on that stuff mm. at all. Mm. Like the the technical okay. stuff, it's down to like knowing where the hitboxes on characters are, like what frames mm. certain moves mm. takes, all oh, this wow, kind of okay. stuff. That's where it gets really, really fucking insanely technical. You don't need those big moves. They're not even as a last resort. They're 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 just if you, if you watch any kind of pro matches, people tend to not use them or save them because they're much more about 
blocking, parrying, knowing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Knowing all that like, kind of technical like actual, stuff. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, though, um, <clears throat> like, I think because Brian and I were talking about this recently. I can't remember why we were talking about it, Brian. Maybe we were saying it in the group chat, but um, we we're talking about the different games. And like, I think the newest Guilty Gear, now I'm not into beating up stuff. We were just talking about it. And I just happened to see Guilty Gear uh, come across something. But it's still 2D and it looks incredible. It looks it's so 3D good. though. Is it 3D? It's well, 3D, but, like, but they they've they've trying to keep the the yes, hand drawn yeah. style though. Yeah. Yeah, but like even but if you know, kind of whatever way it but it looks incredible anyways, and it still has that kind of same old feeling. And I just don't understand why they don't do that with Street Fighter. Because you're literally giving it you're giving like you're giving everybody what they want. Uh, the like the amount of you know, the kind of crossover on like my social media between like following illustrators and then illustrators who like fighting games and like you know kind of particularly I mean that that there's a sizable enough kind of audience that daily talk about um Bengus and Akiman and Nishimura like these Capcom artists that did the the 2D character designs from mm. 20 30 years ago whatever it was mm. and people still love those designs they're still mm. people's favorite versions of of anything and it just seems like a no-brainer to me to to make something, even if it's 3D, because it's more, it's kind of more efficient to make it in 3D. But base it on those, on preserving the aesthetic of of those designs, you know. Um, if they if they made a if they made a Marvel versus Capcom again with the with those designs, like the, the, those are the best versions of of those Marvel characters. I think they're mm. those illustrations are Marvel just versus incredible. Capcom stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they were so they were so just ah, oh, they were so good. So the good. the 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 saber tooth and venom in particular, like where they've interpreted yeah. those characters, is just. I want to. I want to say perfect. Ome- I want to say Omega Red was in it as well. I thought he was yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Design is so ridiculous. I was watching. I love it. I, I was looking at an artist during the week that was like, I don't even. I can't remember the name of the artist, but it 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 so normalized the stature of Omega Red and the other Omega. I guess there's a family of Omega villains. I'm just not an, up enough on my X-Men. That's something I'm going to sort of resign myself to do is, is you know, I've got the Marvel app now. I'm going to dig into some old X-Men books. But um, thinking back to that sort of 90s Jim Lee era, like Omega Red was just this fucking... This, and there was close-up of like just cross-hatching and metal there, and there, rendering. There, there was a great, I think, there's a great... Wolverine movie to be made in the style of the Winter Soldier with Omega Red as the villain. That's oh yeah. I, I can't wait to see Omega Red on on screen if they do it. If if they get the like if they get the parts of it that are you know this this pale white thing with this shock of blonde hair and essentially it's got like the tentacles are essentially like extendable claws like the you know with the force you can kind of use them with. Um, just imagine the Winter Soldier, but instead of Cap and Bucky, you've got Wolverine and, Wolverine and Omega. Omega Red. That, that's make that film. That's, that's, that's a great movie. Make it. <laughs> I'll make it. Let me make it. I'll make it. Look, I'll do it. Fine. I'll do what it. What did you think? Because I think Aiden sent it to the group chat. What did you think of that guy who was talking about casting Wolverine and that they're potentially talking about the guy from the Kingsmen and stuff? I've heard that a while back. Uh, I don't. That's not. I like that's the not actor, the first time. So I've heard. I don't really. He might be a little bit too young, to a degree, because I just don't associate. 
Wolverine with being that young, but I don't think he is at this point. But but I was just gonna say, uh, I think you think of him as young. But Kingsman's a good few years ago yeah, now, and I think, true. like he's he's played Elton John and such. Yeah, but I, I like him. I think he's a good actor, anyways, uh, and I don't hate that casting. Yeah. I mean, I I sent another thing to you through, which which reminded me of um, the idea that yeah. this is a thing in the comics. I don't know how how much anything is canon at this point, but the idea that. Wolverine is Weapon X, and we've drawn that connection of Weapon X to X-Men um, was always the assumption until somebody point, somebody figured out you could make that a 10 and designate Captain America as Weapon 1. Mm. And the comic books did. I think it is even Mark Miller. They have a Weapon 13 or something like that. You know, the guy in the white I, I think the, I think so, there's a version where Nightcrawler even is a weapon or some kind. Is one of those weapons. So yeah, the, uh, maybe it was just a kind of a once-off type story, but they've, they've done that before yeah. where... Yeah. that's pretty cool it's hard to know what's consistent canon and what's concept but like I mean given that we've got Isaiah Bradley in the mix as weapon like 5 or something and I thought and Winter Soldier is some well, was Isaiah not before Captain hmm? did Isaiah not get the Super Saiyan Soldier before Captain America no it was after I would have thought it was before and I thought I thought Red Skull was before Captain America yeah but it wouldn't have been part of the same program same serum but it would have been a different oh yeah. yes okay i understand sorry yeah but it, it is an interesting like i don't know that i don't think they'd go that way but it is an interesting idea that you could get to wolverine through the weapon through the super soldier program i mean we've already gotten the hulk through i mean the hulk experiments in the mcu were an attempt to recreate the super soldier like so they've already they've already kind of started that it wasn't like in the they use like oh what was the term they use like friction or fraction rays or something uh to get captain america but then when bruce banner was kind of redoing the procedure or whatever he used gamma rays gamma rays yeah and the vita rays weren't vita they? rays that's it yeah yeah ps vita rays yeah yeah <laughs> so we were talking about mortal kombat basically and we wandered off into the x-men and oh, things god just running through a few things that sort of came out, I guess, this week. I saw the trailer for Love, Death and Robots Season 2, which is Netflix's anthology show um, with a bunch of animators making different short films. I can't remember what the runtime was in Season 1, but they were definitely, what, 10 minutes to half an hour episode? I don't think there was any longer than 22 minutes. Oh, maybe. I've never watched it. I thought you had, Kev, no? No, I, I think... like. I love like I know this sounds really bizarre. Like anthologies type of series are kind of my one of my favorites, you know? Yeah. Like I love Twilight Zone, I love all that kind of stuff. Um, and most forms of uh, I really like. I've not watched it and uh I don't know why. I think I heard just like really mixed opinions about it. Like I heard like some stuff like well maybe like, one episode was good. There's one I think is standout, like hands down, phenomenal. It's based on a great story and this great artist directed it. Zima Blue. The story of Zima Blue was written by this, um, I've, I've only heard of his stuff through the anthology, but um, really interesting British sci-fi author. And Zima Blue is adapted from one of his uh, stories in a kind of series of short sci-fi stories, basically, in a, in a book he wrote. And that one is directed by Robert Valley. And he's got this... Robert Valley, yeah, I know him. He did some Wonder Woman stuff as well. Gorgeous he? stuff, like just just... But like a perfect kind of union between his art style and the the subject matter, which is about this artist who does these um kind of blue pieces, but like on a cosmic kind of intergalactic scale, and it's amazing. 
And then my the, a second one that I really liked, the direction isn't as good, but the story, it's by the same author. Um, so the story is really, really solid. The writing in the adapting of it is a bit, it's not bad. It, it's just a little, could do with a bit of tweaking. And it's directed in a completely different style. Absolutely amazing visuals. Um, but th- What's the name of the second one? That one is Beyond the Aquila Rift. And it's a horror one. And the ending of it is... Oh, say nothing. I'll watch it. It watch it it's 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 one of my favorite horror things it, it just in the last couple of seconds the, the last seconds of it are just horrifying and it's okay so great brilliant. yeah i saw that one and i think I, that might be the last one i watched because i watched it and was like i don't like this and I <laughs> it's stopped. so good <laughs> it's like and you know got a lot of flack because there, there's there's a lot of gratuitous nudity in a lot of them. And in that story, there's a bit of that too. There's got like these two photoreal CG things humping. And, but if you get past that part of it, it's worth it. Like the end, the ending is one of my favorite horror endings in, in anything. And there was a fair amount of sort of gratuitous nudity in these things. And people, what was the one by Alberto Milgo with the woman? The, the, the witness. Murderer? Yeah. Like, looks phenomenal. He, he's kind of a bit of a creep. I'd still recommend checking it out because it looks, yeah. Like, his, his artwork is gorgeous and he was involved with uh, Into the Spider-Verse early on as well. But, like, his... He's a creep. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a bit... He's a creep. I don't know. It's He's gratuitously sexual in his... Is it is it gratuitous? The way he lives his life is pretty out there and open about he's how he a, goes around hooking a, up with people and doing creep. oil paintings of the people he's hooked up with in the news. Who's this? Um, Alberto Alberto Mielgo. Mielgo. Um, I don't know. And he did he did um, early concept stuff and board stuff. Like it does feel like he was pretty involved in setting up the Spider Verse stuff. Definitely. But yeah. he then seems to have been. Like he, he, he was I fired. Don't know if he was his his contract wasn't renewed. He was this fired. Is, this is the line that was played. He was like, fired. For somebody that was that involved with a production, you would imagine he would just keep being involved. He but was at fired. a certain point they just said, and that's enough of you. And they let it they didn't renew the contract. Then it's Nick Kondo is the other guy on that. And Robert Valley. there's a crossover between all these guys and like Tron Uprising as well. Mm-hmm. Um they make lovely looking stuff. There's a bunch of nudity in the first thing, but then if you go and go to an anim- go to a film festival and watch the animated short series, and you see a lot of like nudity and it weird it, 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 it wasn't maybe aren't necessarily used to seeing in their Netflix series. I don't think it was the nudity was the problem though. It was the tone, like the the first. I think the order actually when oh, when I've gone yeah, when I've gone back saying. and changed or when I've gone back and watched it, the order of the episodes was different. So I think I don't know if Netflix changed the order, but the the one that comes up first, it's. I think it's maybe called Sonny's Game or something like that. It's about these people that they psychically connect with these like bioengineered monsters and then get in a cage fight. And the character that they're talking about, she's like the best fighter because she was like brutally gang raped or something. And she brings her rage into when she connects with them on and it was just the most tone deaf clearly written by a bunch of dudes bullshit so it's not even yeah. the it's not the fact that there was a lesbian sex scene it's the fact that there's clearly no women <laughs> writing a lot of these stories you know i don't think it's I, the sex wasn't the problem it was the 
it was the tone yeah well, well, it was it was stuff. Uh, yeah because like the, the thing the is the that objectification and victimization yeah in in the it, even then the way they ordered them so you kind of got front that series got front loaded with it so you're yeah. four in and you're going huh they don't really like women in this show, do they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you see, that's probably why I have a... You know what I mean? Like, I probably... Brian might have said so much in the past to me and stuff, and I was like, why, why would I watch that? But, but like, the, the, there's another great one with the astronaut who... it's It's got kind of shades of gravity, kind of the Sandra Bullock film. And she she basically ends up... I, I won't spoil it, but, like, she's, she's in outer space, and she's got to think fast to survive. And that was a really good one, you know? I think it's worth watching everything for for the art alone. You know, it's just a shame that I, I think they acknowledged it themselves. Like afterwards, you know, like they they didn't have necessarily. So curious to see what season two brings. Yeah. Then you know, yeah, it's made by Blur it's Studios, nice Kev. Like, or a lot of it is, you know. So, or rather, it's made by Tim Miller, who he kind of oversees the. The, the series so there, there might be somebody kind of curating it a bit more this time hopefully yeah yeah getting a sense of what the whole like he he, he acknowledged like... after the first one came out that you know that it's not the strongest in some areas and that they're they're going to do better if they get to do a second one so i'm, I'm excited to see see if they do because it's it's a lovely concept to give, yeah, it's give fantastic. animated directors and artists this little sandbox to that's, make this thing like stuff it, you, in, know, you know some people didn't really like the animatrix when it first came out but I love going back and watching it. It's like I loved it because I loved it because it was tied to the Matrix first of all. But when you go back and watch it, just the fact that there's there's this collection of animated stuff that it's loosely related to the Matrix. The Matrix is just just the reason it got made, basically. When at the end of the day, it's just a it's just a brilliant collection of shorts where you don't get to see stuff produced to that quality that isn't like a feature length or you know if if it is made to that quality, it's does it get the same exposure or something? Yeah, or or you know, it's it doesn't tell those type of stories, you know. So mm. I was gonna yeah. say, um, I do like to be honest. I remember like kind of my older brother now was a huge Matrix fan, huge Matrix fan, and uh, would have watched them when we were kids quite a bit. Um, but uh, I think in terms of my love for that kind of franchise, it cut off after the Animatrix. I didn't really like Matrix two and three. But I really hold Animatrix in high regard in terms of just like there's that one story of a racer running, dude. I love that so much. And like he's breaking through the limits of his own kind of. It's incredible. Oh, but even that one, like the the style and the look. I remember when I came out first, and I had to tell people like, "No, this is good," and they're like, "I hate how it looks," and I hate the story. I was just like, "Are we watching? Are we watching the same episode?" This is a thing I haven't seen before. Phenomenal. Yeah. (laughs) Because uh, we were, we would have been in IADT at the time uh, when that came out, so like talking with other animators and people in our college, and they're they're going, "This is ugly, and I don't like it." It's like, Isn't it what? Like one of the episodes, the kids find kind of a glitch in the matrix, yeah, and like it's like there's a cat floating in the air or something. Yeah. You see, I kind of remember that, like as in I must have watched that like only a couple of years ago, but I actually watched that probably. If you take out the matrix aspect of it, it's basically a bunch of kids find a haunted house. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But the reason for all those things happening is that it's it's this space in the matrix that is mm. glitching. But um, mm. I, that that's what I loved about the the matrix universe itself was that pretty much all of the things within, you know, like the stories we tell, ghost stories, mythology, whatever it is, yeah. they, there's a reason for all of it. 
in yes. the Matrix. But, you know, it's, that's it's kind of like, like it's kind of like I never I've never thought about it up, up until now. But it's like how my opinion about Star Wars is: you have a complete universe with multiple planets, multiple races and uh, species, and you name it. You know, uh, like there's a whole like universe of diverse storytelling that you could do. You know, and it's like the Matrix. It's like it's a pity that the Matrix hasn't kind of had more of like kind of different chapters, different characters, different incidences you know like why couldn't they why couldn't they kind of have a matrix spin-off or something that's basically essentially like a horror movie like why couldn't they do stuff like that like it's it's like the matrix is an entire world in itself it doesn't always have to be focused around i thought maybe people don't like that stuff because even in star wars they always try to bring it back to luke skywalker and things where i like kind of rogue rogue one i still think that's like the best star wars movie since they since the original ones from the 70s and 80s but yeah, it's like uh, it's like maybe people don't want to hear those stories, but I like, but like, I suppose that's why the animatrix is great. You know, we've been talking about animation so much recently because of like, you know, these episodes and stuff, I guess, um, and it just really has kind of made me think about the animatrix a lot more. Just especially because uh, like the violence, let's say in Invincible, you know, uh, where Omni Man crushes. I can't remember which character. Who whose skull did the crush? Um, I want to say. Is it the Flash this, it was, type I character? Think, I think it was the fast guy. Yeah, but uh, I remember in the first story in, I think it's the first episode in the in the Animatrix, and it's about the Zion archives, kind of like detailing human history, and it's explaining how the how the whole war kicked off. And it's to do with the robot butler who he's being replaced and he doesn't want to be replaced. So he kills his owners. And do you remember that when he crushes their skull? And it is so visceral, the violence of it. Do you remember? I don't remember. I remember it shocking me. (laughs) Yeah. More more than anything I've ever seen in in a film. Yeah. But that... That really, like, I, I was pretty, I mean, how old was I by then? I was, I was at least 19 or 20, I think, by the time I saw that, you know? So I was kind of well used to seeing violent things, and mm. that shocked me so much. And it's, ba- I don't know which came first. I think they, I know they released a few comics, and there's a Jeff Darrow story, which is about that, which is this this robot butler, essentially, he's being replaced with a new model, and he doesn't want to, so he kills his people to that own him effectively and that this this starts this kind of whole trial and uh, you know he says he just doesn't want he didn't want to be destroyed effectively but you know jeff darrow's stuff like it's quite it's very detailed and he's capable of drawing like these very detailed kind of scenes of violence um okay yeah yeah so i i think i think it was based on a a frame or a, a panel from the comic he did where like you know he crushes the the human skull in his in his mm, hands brutal, and then they, yeah. they they animated it for that episode of the the animatrix and i remember like, <laughs> i remember like literally gasping <laughs> and kind of pausing it because i needed a moment i was like what the fuck but yeah anytime i see kind of like violence to that kind of Degree. detailed extent, like because a lot of the time when you see violent stuff in cartoons it's just like a a splash of blood like there's there's not 
there's not viscera you know there's not like well yeah it's, it's and like eyeballs it, growing and stuff. Up, it's, it was always robots wasn't it it's like cartoons could be as violent as you want as long as they're shooting rays and killing yeah. robots yeah but like this this isn't just like it's not just like red when he crushes the skull like the, mm. the eyeball bulges first the brain yeah. pops like it's uh, detailed it's grotesque yeah yeah and i really needed a moment i was like what the fuck <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of the violence in in Invincible reminds me of of that because it's it's going for that kind of shock, you know, with in terms of it being detailed. I've started reading a book recently, and it's called Ultra Mega, um, and now it is it is a bit of a it, you know it's 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 all about kind of kaiju's uh, big monsters kind of attacking Earth. And create a virus that infects other people and turns them into kaijus. But then some cosmic element came down and kind of bestowed power on a select few humans who could kind of like transform into ultra mega and take on these kaijus. So it's uh, like Ultraman. Pardon? So it's like Ultraman. Yes. Yes. Okay. But uh, it's uh, it's it's Amer- I'm pretty sure it's American. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, James Harron. Uh, is the I think I think James is the author and artist on the book, you know, and um, I just love it. It's like, like I don't want to I don't want to give away too much, but there's stuff that happens in the book that is just like I've I've it may have crossed my mind, but I've never actually seen anybody do it, you know. And mm-hmm. um, one of the scenes in the book is basically a big monster dies and it's decapitated or something, and of course if something dies it's gonna bleed, you know. But this monster is huge, so it ends, it ends up <laughs> bleeding out and flooding the sea. You know, it's 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 insane. Like, and then the second book kind of jumps forward as far as it kind of, I as far as I know, it kind of jumps forward a little bit in time about like kind of a, there's like kind of yeah, it's 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 X amount of years later and there's like a technically a truce and stuff, but um, it's just it's a really really good book and like the art is insane, so so good. Storytelling is fantastic, but the art's insane. Uh, considering like this one guy is like writing and drawing it it's just yeah it's just yeah i, I love seeing more kind of creative creator own content like that i think as i, as I grow older like i do love marvel and all that kind of stuff but i, I i'm always really drawn to like kind of those like creator I, I, even if they're publishing a true image or whoever i've always bought comics for like artwork first story second you know um as much as i love like superheroes and stuff like that i'm I'm interested in them first primarily as like I want to see kind of cool artwork and stuff so yeah. it's great to see stuff written by the artists like that are you know actually illustrating the books as well it's kind of cool to see them just re you know be really expressive with the type of stories that interest them and then draw them in the way that they is kind of truest to their yeah yeah like uh, their inclinations looking at Ultra Mega it's just like I I'd say it's digital. I'd say he it must be digital. I could be wrong, but I'd say it's digital because like yeah, there's an aspect of kind of like you can see him kind of like, you know, blasting down the lines and the shapes and forms and stuff, then putting in a load of shadow and then reworking it into the shadow with like an eraser. You know that you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. kind of like and I, I I love that. I love when like you kind of see actors working in the black and stuff and obviously this guy can do what he wants, they're his characters, it's his story, it's his world. And uh, it's like so many shots in it. Like they could be essentially basic enough, but they're just done so well. And I love, I love when like comics aren't necessarily like big blockbuster type action and everything's stylized and detailed and blah blah. You know, and um, I like kind of when 
some books take more of a subtle approach to certain things, you know. Uh, it's like you man, uh, what's his name? Headlopper, Andrew McLean. Mm-hmm. His approach is great. Like I love, I love his style and like kind of how he uh, draws some panels. They're so basic, you know, but they're but they're so effective. And I love that. That is more. That's the thing. Like, yeah, they're basic, but I mean, when you look at him kind of drawing and creating that stuff, they're so complex. Oh like yeah. The, to 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 break down the action that's taking place in those panels into the the kind of forms and shapes that he's breaking them down into and for them to still read it looks so simple but it's just it's it's so technical you know it's, yes it's of course so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh like I always, I always say it like there's a it's like mignola it's just like if you give me like say you know you can you know copy this artist or you can copy this artist and you give me mignola versus like some more generic style uh, I'd probably be much easier to replicate the generic style, you know. Uh, those the, those those simple forms and keeping things a little bit cleaner and, uh, you know, kind of quality over quantity to a degree. But uh, it's like um, it's so hard to do. It's so hard to do. reducing images down to where it's like the bare essentials reads really well and looks good. It's it's so difficult. That's mm-hmm. why Jupiter's legacy, the in the Netflix show that comes out. In May, I think, the prequel issues, there was the original first two issues and then they released, like, kind of technically one and two before it. So those first two issues became three and four. But uh, a guy called Torres does those books and uh, it's just beautiful. God almighty, I could look at his artwork all day. It has a real kind of, like, golden age, 50s vibe to a degree. Uh, but uh, it's just, it's like, he obviously, he's looking at reference to, it. you know, he's obviously looking at reference. Uh, but his interpretation of it, uh, it's just so it's 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 like it's realistic, but it's it's so simple and beautiful. I I love it. I love it. It's a, is that Wilfredo Torres? Is it? Or? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah follow is, him yeah. on yeah. follow him on Instagram. He does these. I think he did like um. He did this series on Instagram before. It was like Black Horror History Month or something, and it was about mm-hmm. like black uh, characters and actors like mm. in horror cinema basically but he did it in like a he, he kind of reminds me a little bit of um, like stuff like Darwin Cook he's kind of that classic kind of okay style yeah that kind of retro kind of like yeah. a like Alex Alex um, Alex Ross do you know that kind of way do you know what I mean mm-hmm. that kind of yep. golden era kind of stuff yeah okay well I mean I guess that really naturally brings us into Invincible um what did you make of last night's episode then? Uh, I liked it more again because I'm more listening to it in the background than actually looking at the screen. So I'm less bothered by um, maybe the quality of these episodes has been better. I haven't noticed because I've been looking at a different screen while I'm <laughs> engaging with the story in the background. This, this, um, this, is, um, this is undermining... A lot of your uh, credibility here. It's great as long as you don't watch it. Not at all. No, it, it, it's 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 actually not. It's actually proving my point that I liked the show better when I'm not looking at its cruddy visuals. Oof. It's not undermining my point at all. It's actually bolstering my point that I enjoy the show more when I'm not looking at it. Kevin, um, uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. It's a different approach. It's kind of you know, it's kind of a very different approach in the comics and stuff. But I do enjoy it. I think it's good. So what did you think of that that arc for robot then? Like 
the the Mauler twins. Well, I I now know why Manzuk is is really overplaying Rex, so that he's got somewhere to go when he's doing Rudy, so that they're differentiated enough. I think it's a different actor doing the voice of Rudy. Uh, don't know. Well, if it is, it's I don't think it is though. I thought yeah. for some reason I thought it was a different actor, a different actor doing the voice of Rudy. Could be completely wrong, but I know what you're saying, Al Brian. Uh, just in contrast of his range. Yeah, yeah. But even if, I, I did see uh, Ross Marquand in the credits, and he's the guy who did Red Skull in Endgame. So mm. it's possible he's doing an impression of Matsuka's when he's doing Rudy. But still, it's still the point that he's doing Rex to a really extreme degree, so that there's somewhere to fall below yeah. to do. Yes. Indie. So yeah. Marquand is voicing who? I know he was in the episode, but I, I don't know who he. I think he's the immortal. Okay, right. Okay. Um, I did I did notice Marquand there because I he pops up on a podcast I listen to and he was funny in Doug Love's movies and he does impressions and voices and stuff. It they then mentioned he was in The Walking Dead and then I watched I was watching The Walking Dead and was like, oh, that's that person. So it kind of made me aware of him. That that podcast made me aware of him as a performer, which then made me notice that he does voice work a bunch. And he he's doing Rudy as well, according to IMDb. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, that's very strange. The, they've got Manzukas for yeah one. I wonder if they'll keep using yeah. Quinto for Robot, or if they'll um, fade him out because um, probably not the the yeah. little like clone or the little like organism version of rudy like his voice needed to be interpreted through the machine it needed to come from somewhere because yeah. communication was always kind of quasi-telepathic i guess i liked a lot of this episode i liked a lot of the 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 violence like omni man got a chance to be like when he's talking to william in the car like i like that little like that scene that at this point william knows omni man is mark's dad and He's, he's still like his yeah. best friend's dad, but he's also capable of smushing you into paste. You know, there's a there's a, a nice tension yeah. in that moment. I love the uh, immortals, the I, I, the immortal stuff, like just him seeing, being a kind of like a, a Viking or whatever, that kind of Celt type of character. To... And Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yes, yeah. But, like, but no, I do love the, uh, I, I, you know, it was like, it's like a Hellboys. Give me a character like that. Give me a character that transcends time. I love it. Highlander. Love it, you know? But uh, I just feel like there's so much for the immortal. Highlander's coming to Netflix soon, just so you know. Pardon? Highlander is coming to Netflix soon, just so you know. The, like a new It's thing? been on it before and it's coming back. Oh. No, no, just the, the film. Yeah. Cool, my girlfriend's going to love that. I got a... <laughs> I got a... Um... I don't know whether it was a Blu-ray, a Highlander, or whatever. I got a really good quality version of it, and I remember watching the end of it. And when uh, when the quickening happens the final time and he raises into the air, the quality of the picture was so good, you could see the cables. <laughs> you could just see him being lifted. It was pretty funny. My friend's an actor. Um, my friend's an actor. He's on the same. He's in the same agency as Christopher Lambert. Ah, and Steve, Raiden and from St- Mortal Kombat. And yep, yeah, and Steve Gutenberg. Raiden. Whatever his name is. <sighs> There's the moment. There's a shot where Omni Man is flying, and it's like a horizontal still yeah, image. They're doing yeah. the like seventies. I turned back, and to then watch he does a real Hanna Barbera head to the camera. <laughs> Fourth wall break. They're like, you wouldn't dare. Like a real. It's a real. It's a real Scooby Doo or like moment. 
Um, or like, oh god, what was the cat and caveman kind of flying along? Where you say, oh, I think this guy's gonna. <laughs> it's just a real mug to the camera kind of moment, um, which didn't really help um, some of the criticisms this show gets. Are they were they taking the piss out of themselves when he goes to tell Amber I'm invincible and the door closes in his face and it didn't cut to the credit title? He just goes, but Amber, I'm in, and the door closes and like. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I think Brian Dead. called it from day one. It's just not working. It's really bad. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I think it was Brian. Oh, well, I mean, their own Twitter account was giving themselves shit over it. I know. I yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether they were trying to point out the fact that they know it's not working, or they were, um, you know, they think it's working so much that they can drop it anywhere. Did Amber's reaction to him being invincible make sense to you? Made no sense. None. Made no sense. No like, sense. Like in the comic book, when she finds out now, like the the thing is, she's like, I I've no I've known, and you keep lying to me, but I'm only breaking up because it looked like you abandoned us. Like her 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 the intensity she's coming to it with is because it looked like he was abandoning. Her. Like she gives him shit for abandoning them. It's just like, but you've known for weeks he's a superhero. So what the fuck is? Yeah, that makes zero sense. I'm gonna give you shit for abandoning us. Uh, I'm going to call you a liar, even though I'm pretending that I don't know your secret. So like, it's, it's an... I know this is like, this is going to be probably like, you know, for all of our three listeners, I hate you sometimes, but I always, <laughs> I always... In this morning's find... immediate download, yes. the, the other 50,000 will be Trying downloading be, as the course. day progresses. Um, Come on! But, <laughs> but, uh, but what I was going to say is, it's like, it kind of annoys me the way female characters and their logic is written and stuff. And a lot of times it's just like, and I, I always, for example, it's not the same, but for example, it's like Sky in Breaking Bad. She is completely rational, normal, sane person. She's the only rational, sane person in it. It's just like, why are they vilifying her? Why do people represent her? And it's like, in this I, I don't case, think they did vilify her, though. That's the thing. I think it's just the audience didn't like her because she was getting in the way of their power fantasy. I think they okay. wrote her realistically. Well, like, I guess, I guess it's, it's, it's both really, isn't it? To like, to a degree, as in like, yeah, it is like, because like the audience obviously did have a, an issue with, um, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of the same, but it's not the same. But it's like the way they are, they're 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 interpreted, the way they're written and stuff. But it's just like yeah, Amber in Invincible. It's just kind of like like she's like up until this point, she's been really smart and smarter than Mark and all that kind of stuff, and far more logical. And she's like you know obviously a very self aware person. She's helping the needy. She's she's incredible, you know. But it's just like what where does this just like lump of just like logic come from? It's just so ridiculous. If we try and compare it to the comic, and I'm trying to remember it. Okay. Because the, having her say, I figured it out weeks ago, is like, great, she's a smart, she's savvy, she's whatever. And in the comic books, they do that as well. Amber is um, confused, just starts trying to piece things together, and eventually she twigs, oh, he's invincible. And they have a moment where he comes to confess that this that he's invincible, and she beats him to it and goes, you're invincible. Just tell me you're invincible. Like, you're a superhero. And... She's like, oh, I fucking figured this out. Now we can proceed on a on a basis of honesty and and whatever. But Mark cheats on her then. Yeah. And I I think they're just trying to get the breakup out of the way immediately so that they can just get him on to the Adam Eve arc. But they're just trying to. It's just kind of clumsy because the logic makes no sense. If you know he's a superhero, you you know he's risking his life. Just say, hey, I know you're invincible. Can you just tell me honestly where you are at any given time? Yeah, you could, you could, you could understand that. It's just like kind of 
there'd be more logic than that and if he was uncomfortable then with that you could be like oh, that's fair enough but like if you are a superhero this is kind of responsibilities and consequences of, of being that you know but it's just like yeah I just don't understand why like it's like you abandoned us and it's just like you, do you realise though he was the guy in the costume fighting the killer robot like it's 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 just it's it's I don't know it's poor it's poor writing to a degree isn't it I liked what Cecil got to do in the in the sequence I like his sort of bopping around encounter was kind of cool there was a moment where like I realised like oh that's Walton Goggins and there was part of me that's like, I kind of wish, as you put um, Jeffrey Donovan, isn't that his name, from Burn Notice? As you put him in this show anyway, why isn't he the super spy guy? I kind of wanted him there in that moment. I don't think, mm. it, has anybody ever said I wanted Jeffrey Donovan around more? Burn Notice is a bad show, Aiden. <laughs> it's a bad face. show and people don't want to remember it. That's Gabriel Anwar's Irish accent is top not she's an IRA it terrorist. Wasn't enough to save the show. It's a bad show. It's a very bad. It's show. got Bruce Campbell in it. He's Terrible. chubby and drunk. Nine seasons. You can't be wrong with nine. <laughs> seven, seven or nine. Yeah, that that show ran. It had legs. They made a movie. They made a spin-off movie for Bruce Campbell. Uh, actually, I was going to say to you, um, this has this has come into my mind so much, and it's a bit of a. Maybe it's a segue into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Was it? Was it? This, was it? Uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield that kept on going like it's all connected, and there was that yes. whole period of people saying it's all connected. I fucking hated it. Yes. What was it of a meme that came out of the show? Was it? Yeah, I think it was the writers of the sh- like Agents of Shield and stuff. They were kind of trying to say it's all connected, and they were right as the MCU was progressing. They were kind of writing elements that worked for the show that kind of connected it but it never actually really did is that am i yeah. completely wrong was that not a thing that people are saying all the time it's all it's all connected it, it was in like the it was in the you know like stings for the next episode or something or for the little kind of breaks for right. the show saying like yeah I hate this it. arc is coming up and it's all connected was like the line that the the kind of uh-huh. studio used i, I didn't guess, watch to enough of that show to yeah to spot memory just to i guess wrap up Invincible, though, mm-hmm. like that that episode was mostly about Omni Man and throwing shit at him. The satellite scene was pretty good. I like the scene with the invisible soldiers in his house. That was oh my god when when he threw the woman out of the window and she landed and started to crawl away and, and her legs like are backwards, twisted one eighty. Yes, that that was gross. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> yeah. Um. Were you nonplussed, Brian? It's fine. You weren't watching it. You I didn't did. see it. I wasn't looking at that You didn't bit. see it. You weren't <laughs> looking at the screen. It. I saw the invisible soldiers and I was like, well, I know what's going to happen here now. He's just going to murder them. Then you made a and coffee, uh, came yeah, back, uh, credits were rolling. <laughs> when Job I mean, done. it's on in the background. Like, it's it's on in the room and I glance over no, that's at fair, it yeah. every yeah. so often and I'm following yeah. it. I'm following it. I'm, I'm, yeah. keep, I'm keeping up with the story. It's just I'm not looking at it every couple of seconds. You're a busy guy. Sure. You got stuff going on. But I do like it more when I'm looking at it less. I liked the giant Cthulhu monster that they were fighting. Um, I liked the the way the scene played out where Mark shows up to help his dad and doesn't know that why the immortals fighting with him and doesn't like I there was a weird balance of having to sort of who's engaged who's fighting who and why and I thought they rode that quite well as a sort of balance and then that reveal where he turns around and we have to talk was good 
Yeah. There is a like I I took a picture of it as well and like I'll, I'll send it on to you. There's a moment where Mark and his dad are talking to each other, and Eve is very far away, and for some reason they decided to put a little like centimeter high Eve in the background right next to Omni Man's head, and I honestly thought that they just smudged the background or something. I had to get up and get close to the screen and go, <laughs> oh, it's Eve, a kilometer away. I, you you take that out. It doesn't need to be there. <laughs> Brian, Brian watches it in the background. Aiden's literally getting up close to the TV examining it. <laughs> well, you see, I watched it too closely is the problem at the start. So I'm trying to yeah, watch it yeah. listen to it. <laughs> and they, as Omni-Man turned on uh, the Immortal and fought him and they had this sort of the news coverage happening and you started to see people around the world watching on. Mm. Is there any question in your mind that that isn't like cast and crew drawn into the show? Like they're they're way too specific compared to other character designs. Oh, you're you're so right because I was going to say some of those people were more detailed than Mark and fucking Ami and themselves. Yeah, some of those you're it's, dead right. They have. I was literally watching and kind of going like they have to be an odd to somebody. Why yeah. why are their like mustache and hair and different things and their stubble whatever? Why are things so rendered? Yeah, yeah. Very, like it cuts to three point. people staring at a phone and it's like there's. I missed that shot. I'll have to go back and check it. <laughs> you will, yeah. <laughs> um, it was like the bu- all right, like, well, that's where all the budget went to, Brian. But like next week episode is going to be forty minutes of Mark and Omni Man beating shite out of each other. Then, yeah. Unless they do like last week's episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and they get it out of the way in the first three minutes, and then we just have to watch him talk to his <clears> mom for thirty-seven minutes. It'll probably be that. Yeah. Knowing this show. <laughs> Brian cannot wait. I can't wait to listen to it. We just send you screenshots of all the interesting stuff, Brian. Don't worry. Dude. Dude, thank Churlish you. and insubordinate. Perfunctory. <laughs> <laughs> if Eve can manipulate the atoms of anything and everything, yes. Why? Yes. Why does she not simply yes. make a cup of coffee? Yes. Why doesn't rather she than just making do beans, little, she, making ground beans? She's she's fucking Wanda. She can have a Wanda vision. She could just manipulate anything. It would also, it would also be better for the environment if she was just, uh, you know, had just coffee all there. Also, like, kind of, I understand what you're saying about her, her coffee and stuff, but like, technically, Eve must be the most powerful being in that whole show. Yeah, she's, she's Wanda. Yeah, she's just taking a back seat in all this, in all Mark's and his dad's bullshit. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. And I know you'll tell me I don't give a shit or why don't they make that clear or this is bullshit. But even as I was being glib and dismissive, though I don't think this falls into the category that she should be unable to do it. Um, I, I didn't read that. They did a, like a one-off where they explained where she got her powers and she is a fucking experiment and they put a bloody limiter on her. And like they get into stuff later on in the books where it's like when she's nearly dead, it bypasses the safety protocols and she basically rebuilds her entire body from the ground up. That's super convenient for the plot. But I know what you're saying. It's it's convenient to the plot, but they haven't even said it. But like, I think she could have just been able to make a cup of coffee rather than generate the beans, grind the beans, move them to the coffee cafetiere, add water. Anyway, it was a pretty... Let's move on. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Did you watch it, Brian? Yes. I was watching, yes. How was it? I liked it, but it, it was clunky. It was kind of creaky. Can I just say one thing before we get like kind of too into it? Go on. And it really, it really annoyed me when I watched it. 
uh, Captain America Shield versus Office Chair. <laughs> Not yeah, the, shield make, the, the shield makes no sense. The shield, shield makes no sense. He, like, he throws it through buildings and all that kind of stuff. And Just never question the shield. Like Cap has thrown it a bunch of times and it just it won't bounce back. It'll hit the ground. It's like, I guess it just didn't do it that time. Like that happens all the time. You can't question the shield. The shield makes no sense. It makes no sense. All I'm saying is, I want that chair. Oh, <laughs> that was a sturdy chair. Batrock starts carrying a chair around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chair, the chair, chairman, chairman. It works. He's an evil chairman of a corporation of indestructible chairs. But um, Bartok kicks a chair at the shield. Cap throws the shield or falcon at the time throws the shield and uh yeah they just they kind of just go clunk and hit the ground together not great not great i've seen the shield do some pretty impressive stuff so at the at the start of it the, does falcon say i've called in some backup does that mean sharon yeah okay i didn't quite read that because it, it felt like sharon sort of showed up of her own volition mm-hmm. um immediately after that and then i'm like okay maybe we're going to get that other falcon guy is it torres um mm. Maybe we're going to get somebody out of S.H.I.E.L.D., like Colby Smulders shows up. But I feel like Kobe's in space. Mm. Um, Kobe's in space. uh, Did you like the new suit? Certain shots, it looked like the first shot when I saw him, I was like, oh, that looks cool. And then another shot, you're like, oh, that looks... There's some shots where it looks like a fucking zip-up tracksuit top. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it has big shoulder pads. And I think... I think U.S. agent suit uh, and say Captain America suit are, are a little bit more uh, tailored or form fitting to a degree, and it looks like maybe it's to do with the whole pilot and the flying and all that kind of stuff. But it does look like he's wearing like eighties overalls or overalls with like a belt around the waist of it. I do like the suit, and I think the design's cool. I just think it could be uh, more tailored, more form fitting. It needs more of a balance between the white and the red. I love the fact that there's so much white in it and it looked great at nighttime, but then the red looks really out of place on it in some shots. Uh, um, I liked it though, Millie. Uh, I did think that the, um, the... I don't want to say I had a problem, but I just... If you're trying to hide the visual effects, grey areas, you set everything at night. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. it was very dark in places. Um... His mask as well, it's got this kind of wing pattern, so it curves up, but it doesn't work at all. Like when, when he's giving a serious talk and he's got these two lines that are like curling upwards, it just looks, it undermines everything he's saying. Um, I missed a little red star on Bucky's arm. Can we get that back? Can we get him a can of spray paint? <laughs> no. These, are, these aren't the, the major things that stood out to you as you were watching the show? No. The Flag Smasher Super Soldiers. Are going up against. Well, see, it, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of implied at the end that they were Sharon's muscle, so that they had, like, that they were some sort of, like, mercenary or something. And then she gave them, or she gave Carly at least the serum. But it, it, like, that line kind of implies that, like, they they worked for her beforehand, and they didn't work for her just doing like. You know bits and bobs they were they they had i guess they would they would have had to have some type of training combat training or something okay because i was definitely watching this going 
Bucky's 90 years old combat veteran with super strength and Carly looks like she's done a bit of parkour I guess like why is he not just strength one way or another like yeah no yeah that, that like that... what is it training beats strength but the, this theory? is always the thing with with this stuff and it's it's kind of nitpicky but it does it kind of breaks the rules and logic of the the winter soldier should have been able to beat the snot out of why, why why can't bucky just why can't he just punch a hole in the armored car rather than trying to pull the locking thing off it like he could just literally rip a hole in the side of it he doesn't need he doesn't need to pull off the device that's locking the doors he can literally tear a hole in the side of the the thing that kind of stuff it's that stuff again it seems like nitpicks but it, it does it's stuff that breaks the the kind of the context and the the rules overall like it was a cool um i liked it but it was a really was, enjoyable sequence it was yeah, like I, I, did, I did like it but it was the the episode as a whole kind of creaked a bit you know it was kind of yeah john walker showed up with that shield was too good at least on the the front I mean, face of it for what he was, it did, what it we didn't saw get him taken with a hammer. It didn't get taken huh? down by a chair, you know. <laughs> he made it with a box of scraps uh, in a cave with a box of scraps, and it did better than a than desk office it had, chair. It had a really good polish to it, though. Do you know what I mean? Like he he put so, he put some time into the finish. Um, I like that the the sound was different when it hit off of things because it's not vibranium. You know, it had a real mm. clanky clunk. Yeah. So basically, though, we I think would we agree that John Walker, in some degree, uh, redeemed himself. He did a bit, but then the show was too quick to forgive him. Mm, like yeah, when, yeah. when he drops the shield to save those people, okay, that that that's 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 the show signifying that like it he's on maybe a redemption yeah. path. But then the show he is too quick to forgive shakes him. off his manicness. He he closes his eyes, and goes, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That bit with Val then as well was also felt very rushed. It felt like they filmed those two scenes on the same day and then just inserted one in one episode and another later. And like he's he's delighted to be US agent as if that title has any meaning. He's like, yeah, it's like, what? Are we celebrating with him now? Like, what's... Go costume, though. I just, I, I, I like Marvel content. I enjoyed the show. I had a good time with that this morning. I can tear through it for like clunky writing like but, but, but this is Sharon this, this is the thing like downstairs you remind me of a young me is what she says at, at the end of the day mm. at the end of the day it's still a good show like you know to compare it to like luke cage which was a very very clunky show that just in the end didn't work you kind of want to stick with it from the start but by the time you get to the end you're like this is bad you know it's it's so much the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is so much better like for all the things that I will kind of point out like saying oh this didn't make much sense and that like it's still it's still a good show like I still I still quite liked it it's just so basically my question is are we going to see elements of this being brought into the MCU as, like the, the in the theaters or are we going to see well they're, make, they're like, making Captain America 4 with they're making Captain America 4 yeah so they just they announced that did they yeah, yeah. I, I've seen that and so are they going to make also I love the end credits when I said Captain America and the Winter Soldier I love that that was brilliant but are we going to see a season 2 of this show and is that going to address stuff like US Agent and Val and Sharon or is that going to be stuff that you think they're going to address in the Captain America I d- movie I, 
I think Val and Sharon is going to be Secret War or Secret Invasion and Armor Wars shows. I think Captain America is going to be a film. It's not going to deal with the kind of TV level stuff next. Much in the same way that WandaVision is going to be in Doctor Strange. The Sharon Power Broker stuff made zero sense. Like, why did she take them to the scientist in Madripoor and then, like, bring Zemo to him, knowing the threat Zemo presented to him, knowing that this is her, like, golden goose. And then she gets attacked by a bunch of people that, like, who who were those people? If she's the power broker, who is she fighting when they're inside the lab? See, that that's makes the, no sense. That's the thing I see when I'm watching this, is that we, we, we love Bucky and Sam. We're interested in John Walker and we're happy to see their plots move forward. But the stuff that's done it is wobbly as fuck. Like it, the power broker shit makes no sense. The flag smasher stuff was undermined by, I guess, COVID and the, and the, the, um, the pandemic storyline being scrapped. So all we've really got, like the, the real arc of this is the real arc of this story then is, um, Sam meeting Isaiah Bradley and coming to terms with what it means to be Captain America as a black man in America and Bucky learning to connect with a family. Also him apologizing to the to guy the old Japanese man. Terrible. Fucking awful yeah. scene. Like the only the only way I could justify that scene in my head just... was to go we're seeing like a montage of what he said because I would start with you don't know this about me, but I was brainwashed for 60 years yeah. and not in control of anything that I did. Why bother? Let's set that up first. Yeah, well, like, like <laughs> the Winter Soldier killed your son and it was me. And that's it. That's the end of the scene. It's like awful. That's, that, awful. It's one of those conversations where you see in a show where you're just like, this is about to be a fight between a husband and wife and all he's going is no, 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 rather than going... Look, this looks bad, but what really happened is this person walked in here, tripped up, landed on my crotch. Like, use <laughs> fucking words. Yes, it was a bit stiff. That that, that was, was my stiff. excuse. She tripped up and landed but on my crotch. I think they had a the, uh, the Captain America had his big talky moment uh, to the to the politician stuff, which I loved. I thought that was great, like piece of dialogue myself personally. But um, but um, maybe kind of after that, they didn't want to get into another big thing. Even though I don't think it would have been an issue, but maybe that's why he didn't do it. It it needs it though. Like leave it out if you're not gonna do. Yeah. Like just just. I thought just it, I thought him... it was I thought it was stranger when he was looking in the window and he saw the the old man with the young lady that works in the restaurant and bar. Uh, I thought that was a little bit more of an odd, odd scene because it's just like, is she coming out to him? Is she not saying anything to him? Is he not going to say anything to her? Very odd. And then he just walks away, and he gives away Captain America's little book. Yeah. And we still don't know where Steve is. On the moon. On the moon. Do you know what? They've said Captain America's on the moon so many times in that show. He's on the moon. He's on the moon. Have they said it that many times? They've said it like they've, they've said two or three they've times. They've said it two or three times over the course of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought Captain America was on the moon. I bet you old man Steve is up there with Nick Fury doing some Secret Wars bullshit. I I bet they just Want to leave the door open for Chris Evans to come back is all it is. Captain America's on the moon. They didn't say it that often, though. They said it 
I mean, they look, did, they didn't say it that joke, often. But it would be funny, especially as they're setting up scroll stuff. Speaking of scroll stuff, Amelia Clark. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I, I don't. <laughs> See, I like. I want to be. I want to be careful on this thing because it's like I work in the animation industry and I've done some acted stuff and like I want to, I want to eventually work in other things, you know. But like, Amelia Clark, I don't know that she works really great in genre stuff. I think that she played a great sort of queen. In I, hmm? I'd keep that to yourself. Just, just let me be the one saying divisive things. Don't, don't be. <laughs> okay. Um. So I'm a big fan of Amelia Clark, and I enjoyed her in Game <laughs> of Thrones. Her Sarah Connor in Terminator was pretty good as well. I mean, I thought she really brought something to the role. And then, uh, is it Last Christmas or what was the Christmas movie she made? Like that was just a like a heartwarming uh, uh, Christmas perennial classic. Brian, what do you think about Amelia Clark? <laughs> Yay, me too. I think you're full of shit, and that was the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. I've heard you personally attack that woman. Like I, I don't know. Why you felt the need to <laughs> to put on this masquerade? This is this is egregious. <laughs> so full of shit. Great. I I I will not be slandered like this. <laughs> you know damn well I'm a big Amelia Clark fan. Okay. Cool. Let's see what she does in uh, Secret Invasion. Oh, she's gonna fuck that shit up. Just speaking of uh, Amelia Clark, the post-credit scenes of. Sharon being reinstated by the government and then saying, "What the fuck is that? That's uh, who is she talking to if she's the power broker?" I, 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 I like this show, but I don't know. Do I like this show? Like she's going back to being a, a like she, her old spot with Shield was like undercover agent. It was grunt work. You live next to the guy and you report. Yeah. I've built a new life in the last five years. I don't want to go back and be. Uh, a foot soldier for shield it's mad to think that she's going to roll in and have high level access even if even if they do give her a roll back would, if you've had somebody who betrayed you went on the run for five years are you ever giving that woman top level clearance again to get near anything useful I mean maybe they give her her pension back I'm, I'm putting a real civil service spin on this stuff that's the show I want to watch oh god you watch too much of the bloody <laughs> West Wing um, no, she does. She does the wire thing where she just sort of falls down the stairs and takes the comp. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I, you know, I don't have an issue with that story arc as such. You know, I would question is like how her, because of who she was and speaking at her at Peggy's funeral and all that kind of stuff. Uh, she was very like she was almost she had a, the I would I, I would have uh, likened her Captain America's in terms of in terms of values and stuff and I just couldn't see Captain America even going off the grid or being uh, disenfranchised by the whole government and the American. Well, who's she stuff. talking to I on the phone? I couldn't see him turning on it, and she just she just turned on it, and it's just it doesn't seem. I just don't know why she would. She was literally somebody who grew up with Peggy as an example, obviously pursued government job and things, and then. That could all be a cover. I mean, they, they could very easily say that she's always been this person. You okay. know, that she was like, I hated my aunt. My aunt was a load of shit. That woman yeah. never shut the fuck up. I hated her ever since I was a kid. Could all be Jeez. an act, you know. Jeez. But who's she talking to on the phone? <laughs> who's she calling up saying, line up the buyers? Val, right? But why can't they show us that then? Like, why keep it a secret? Who's she talking to? And then in, in the in the shipyard where she's like, we've got a problem. And she's on the phone 
saying we've got a couple of problems. Who's she talking to? She's the power broker. Like what's what what's going on? It makes no sense. And if the but like would the power broker not give themselves mm-hmm. powers? Like maybe she does and she just doesn't use them. I give myself powers. If you're the power broker, you would give yourself powers. Yes. So we got Loki coming up in June. I thought it was May. It's June. It's June. Mm. I thought it was May, but according to Disney Plus, it is June. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> we have, we have one more week of Invincible. Yeah, anyway. June eleven. June eleven. He's right. We have we have. What did you say, Brian? Jupiter's Legacy. Nothing to watch. Guess I'm drinking to her about. Did you see that Russell Crowe is cast as Zeus in Thor: Love and Thunder? Oh, I didn't. It's very good. Christian Bale's character is a god killer. And his sort of arc is tearing through pantheons. So I feel like he's going to show up and kick the shit out of Russell Crowe. But it does open the door for Hercules. Hercules, Hercules. I used to read a lot of Avengers back in the day. And I think Alan Davis was probably the artist on the book. And um, he would have done, say different stages and I think Hercules was in it I think it was Alan Davis but it was just it's so funny like and I grew up watching the events of Hercules with Kevin Zorro it's a uh, really interesting historically accurate stuff I love it but um, it's funny I'll, mm. I'll, I'll buy Thor but I just can't buy Hercules in the Marvel Universe yeah and this thing like as Guardians makes sense because like, like Nordic mythology really lends itself to like like that there's a lot of yes time and travel like, aspects to mm. like Norse mythology it really it really lends itself to science fiction you can buy the Asgardians mm. not being people like you know up in the sky they're they're from another planet or dimension where are the Olympians are are the Olympians then also another race similar to Asgardians like how does I, I, I can buy Thor I can't buy yeah I've never been able to buy into Hercules like is he literally Hercules then where if you've got Russell Crowe playing Zeus who do you think is Hercules? And when you think of that Hercules and the like, the leather harness kind of like muscle bear vibe. Uh, Kevin Zorbo, now. Uh, Joe Manganiello. Who's Manganiello? Oh, Joe no. Manganiello. I, I was watching a movie with him the other day called Arch Enemy, and it's awful. Could be a good Hercules. He'd, he'd um, be a good Hercules. The man who was Tarzan. He's one of the Stark guards or whatever. Alexander. Alexander. I think he could be onto something with Manganiello, though, right? I like, think so. Because he's done big, broad comedy stuff as well. Like he was in that Pee Wee's, yeah, Pee Wee Herman movie a few years back as well. So he can, like, because I don't as Jason Momoa as much as Thor has become <laughs> this kind of comedy um, version of what he, Thor he's got to be a himbo was basically. Yeah, Hercules was the comedy version of Thor you know he was yeah. the silly getting drunk let's get pissed have a little bit of a, a brawl bring me wine women and partying you know kind of version of Thor and men we don't touch um, hmm nothing yeah but he's Greek <laughs> yeah yeah. I keep thinking we're going to find, try and find Tom Hardy into this universe but where the hell does he fit Tom Hardy Venom oh he's Venom isn't he fucking hell I know I reckon it's a waste I reckon, it's a waste I reckon if they wanted to I think they just take him for something else if they wanted to. I don't think oh, yeah, anybody them, yeah. like put it this way: Venom's not in the MCU, so if Christian Bale can go from Batman to this God Killer, 
But Venom's tied to the Tom Holland solo not yet. Spider-Man not stuff. Yet, though. Sony. Not yet. Not yet. It, it might not be that. Like, you know, it, it's far enough away that they can... Yeah, if Chris yeah. Evans can do... Can go from the Human Torch to Captain America. I don't think that happens, though. Because they're, they're working on the, like... The, the Venom with Woody Harrelson shit's going on. They've kind of connected that to Michael Keaton from the Holland uh, Homecoming. They haven't yet, though. It's only, it's only, it's only been a... It's only been a sting in a trailer. Like it hasn't yeah. happened, and it might not happen. So it's very far yeah. down the line. Is there anything else anyone wants to touch on before we wrap this up? Well, yeah, I think I think everybody should like. Uh, what's their takeaway from the Winter Soldier, Captain America, and the Winter Soldier? You know, I think my one ultimately good. I liked it. Definitely struggled in areas. Did I like it as much as WandaVision? I don't think so. I actually think I liked, I don't know, I think I liked aspects of one. No, I'd agree, I'd agree with you there. Yeah, I think I liked aspects of WandaVision more, although I think, because I, I prefer, I, I think within the books, I, I would have loved the likes of Scarlet Witch and, Witch and Vision, no problem. You know, I, I was very much enamored with those characters. With the, with the show ending, both seasons ending, I think WandaVision stands in a much better place to tie into the MCU and to still be up there with the other movies. I feel that finishing uh, Winter Soldier, it's just like, what's going to happen to Val? What's going to happen to John? What's going to happen to Sharon? And it's just like, I, I don't think these plot lines are, or these characters, are they, they're not big enough to kind of take any real presidents in the MCU, in the movies, say, for example. Now, I know you're doing Captain America, they're going to do Captain America 4, and that's great, but it's just, I think walking away, I feel like, WandaVision ties into the MCU more than the Winter Soldier does. I think I think I know I think I know what you're saying in terms of like there's direct lines out of WandaVision. There's Wanda's story, there's the Vision character out there in the world, there's maybe the Sword uh, universe with Monica Rambeau. But coming out of Captain America or Falcon the Winter Soldier there are so many threads that you. I feel like a lot of them are just going to get ignored. Yes, yeah, and that's that's what I think. Unless there's a season two and it addresses them, or else if like the Captain America Captain American movie addresses them, I just feel like yeah, WandaVision ties up nicer, fits into the MCU. I can see Captain. Uh, I can see Rambo being Captain Marvel. I can see her doing that. Do you know what I mean? It's just taking a step back, but like when when Sam gets to give his speech to the senators and the, the council and this and the other um, it's just coming from knowing the type of person that is in that job he could talk all fucking day long those people aren't hearing yeah. Them. you know what I mean that type of person that type of person goes to political debates or sits on news shows and has, a, the, has the argument made to them from the other perspective fucking regularly but they've got their agenda they got they've their got agenda their they're, yes they're not yeah. changing their mind yeah, based like, on what like Captain America saying they're ignorant street pieces of shit to a degree you know but yeah. but like obviously it's a tv show and we'd like we'd like them for to, to kind of say for for them to be able to to listen to captain america listen to to falcon you know um but we're like yeah it's probably mm. not the reality of it but uh but i did love i did love sam's monologue there i did love it I'm really, I'm really happy with Sam, and I'm really happy with Sam being Captain America because I think he flying around with the wings and incorporating the shield and stuff. I initially said I, I wanted him without the wings and just have the shield, but I think he was phenomenal, and I'm, I'm just like, great, that's a great Captain America. I love it. Did we talk about the Isaiah Bradley element of no? Do you think that tied up 
neatly enough do you think that sets up the grandson as i think he's patriot yes the kid's name yeah um is his name his name is isaiah bradley has he been living under an alias do they say that they like he had him because they escaped from prison and they changed his name or something so he's living under something other they faked they faked his death or something so like i'm I'm, sam didn't just out the guy in hiding did he that's what i mean like they must have reinstated him correctly and stuff for that to happen um I would have liked to have seen a statue or I would have liked to have seen like kind of like, do you know that scene in Ant-Man 2 when you see the kind of the, the, the archive footage of Hank Pym fighting people in World War 2? I would have loved to have seen some kind of like uh, museum presentation of Isaiah doing a few bits and pieces with the shield, say, or something that affect. I would have liked more of that because I thought that like, I, I think that's just cool. I love that kind of history stuff in comics. At the same time, if they weren't going to do it right, I'm glad they didn't do it at all. <laughs> well, this is true. Um, but yeah that's my that's my takeaway from it ultimately anyways well then the last thing I'll talk about then is uh, the Oscars are coming up this weekend so we've got a couple of Irish films in there as well Wolf Walkers is nominated for the Irish animation end of things I know some people that worked on that and good luck to them and their nominations congratulations to them good luck congratulations um, I don't know if Sonic the Hedgehog got many nominations. There was a big push for that last year as it was one of the few films that got released in 2020 successfully. I don't know if it was that nominated for Best Picture. Well, if it's not, it should be. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean... I mean, all of the VFX work that went into animating Sonic the Hedgehog and then immediately reanimating them when they realised that it was... Um, Viral what the audience wanted. Conspiracy. Chadwick is nominated for Ma Rainey's Black bottom is that the movie, name of the movie I don't, I don't know now i haven't watched any haven't seen any of the oscar covers or who's nominated i did watch that short that's on netflix two distant strangers uh which is very good it's another groundhog day type scenario you should watch it i watched the trailer for the father which anthony hopkins is nominated for and it's one of the olivia coleman's in it and anthony hopkins and a few other people it's it's one of these things that like i it looks amazing but i don't think i could stand to watch it because it's a, an old man suffering from dementia uh, yeah. and you see this like one scene from what I gather from the trailer and from two people talking about it, things like Olivia Coleman's playing his daughter but there's also another actress playing his daughter and it's like from one shot to the next it will change who the actor playing his family is oh. and he's, conf- he's he's becoming kind of aware in the middle of scenes and it's a complete confusion as to what the moment is or uh, there is a sense in the trailer as well that there's um, uh, you know they might be trying to take advantage of him or his paranoia starts kicking in as well Uh, it looks fucking heartbreaking and he's nominated for an Oscar for it so I assume it probably lands somewhere in the middle of that Um, Brian you're very quiet have you any thoughts on the Oscars? Award shows are stupid the Oscars suck. They're very forgettable. Look at the best picture for the last 10 years and when was the last time you heard anybody talk about any of those films? The Oscars are stupid. <clears throat> Parasite. I talk about it frequently. This is the first time I've ever heard you mention Parasite. Um, I'm just reminded of like American Hustle. American Hustle. Um, it's like it's the, it, American Hustle is, is like a perfect example of Oscar fodder, basically, because it's it's just one of those films where never heard of it. Everybody was talking about it in the run up to the Oscars, and it's every year people are always talking about all these films in the run up to the Oscars, and like the stuff that deserves to win. Parasite being a recent exception, 
Um, stuff rarely, stuff that deserves to win rarely wins. Um, Moonlight deserved to win, and there was that whole fucking debacle, you know. Um, awards shows are stupid. Who gives a fuck about awards shows? Come on. Eat the rich. Thanks for coming along to another episode of The End of the Stream. We'll see you next week. We will be talking about Invincible. We will be talking about Speed Racer. We will be talking about all the stuff we didn't get a chance to talk about today, unless it happened while I was out of the room. Uh, I had Aiden Turner's new show about Leonardo da Vinci. Da da Vinci. Uh, Army of the Dead, Da Vinci. Uh, Ted Lasso season 2 is coming I don't know if you guys watched Ted Lasso season 1 but I will basically watch anything with Jason Sudeikis in it I love him yeah same MODOK did I mention MODOK is on the list as well Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina Jolie fighting fires what's the film about Badoom uh, okay um, <laughs> I did reread the new Dead Wardians I enjoyed it a lot Kevin started I think you're on issue 2 yes. we might have a chat about that next week yep. um, I still think that there's a if not a movie, I think there's like a little like a mini series, like a three episode mini series or four episode mini series in that book. I think it's a fun concept. Do you know? It's um, interesting. Say with a lot of like supernatural shit. Do you know it. who'd be good to make that? The guys who did Good Omens. Nice contained s- series. I but like, like if Good the Omens. likes of uh, what well, I geez, if David Tennant or what's his name, Mart- uh, Michael Sheen, is it? If they're, if like mm. they, I could see them, but anyway, all, all I'm saying is like you are right. It would make great a great limited series and nothing more than that. Yeah, mm. I I I didn't quite enjoy Good Omens either. I watched it and I tried to enjoy it, but I think that I've tried to watch it twice and I can't. Get I into think it. the thing for me is Gilliam works in books, and I've not seen a Gilliam film adaptation that I've enjoyed. And as much as people attribute that to Neil Gaiman, you mean Pratchett or Gaiman? Hmm? Pratchett doesn't work Pratchett. in books. Sorry, I'm I'm mixing Pratchett. everybody up. I I I made Terry Pratchett Terry Gilliam. God, I haven't heard of his name in years. <laughs> Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Forgot Neil Gaiman. Um, Terry Pratchett works in books. The Hogfather. Yes. The yeah. the Color of Magic. I didn't enjoy these shows on Sky. I don't think they necessarily transferred. That's to fair film. enough. They're the kind of ludicrous concepts that are great when you think about them and you read them, but when you try and put them on a in prop form, they don't quite work. Yeah, it's like Lord of the Rings. Um, Yeah, bullshit movie. 